0: campfire fireside chats
1: this show is created for adult audiences only our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information we strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing let's begin eric mentel thank you so much for coming and taking the time to do this interview
2: well, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, of course.
2: I uh, I know I've been wanting to talk to you guys for a while. You guys are doing some really really great things and uh, telling some great stories. So thank you. You know I'm excited to talk to you about some of the things that are going on.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Ryan couldn't be here, but we were both just such huge fans of of your recent documentary on the Beast of Bray Road. Thank you. Um, so I was really excited when you you know you had some interest in coming and and talking through the documentary with me. So, let's jump right in with some background. So, professionally you're a jazz pianist, is that right?
2: Correct. Correct. And uh yep, yeah, I have a band leader uh jazz pianist of the Eric Mintel Quartet. That is awesome. Have been doing that for well, since 1993, so 28 years right now, Wow. Uh, as a band leader and have had wonderful opportunities. We played at the White House uh, for two presidents. We played at the Kennedy Center um, and the United Nations. and uh, So really great stuff that way. And then we just tour and perform all over the country and do a lot of jazz uh, education uh, programs and concerts and colleges, universities, you name it. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's awesome. See, Ryan and I both (laughs) come from a background of playing, you know, we grew up in punk bands and (laughs) playing in garages. And so... i find it incredible anytime anyone is able to turn music into into what they do for a living Mm -hmm. right into what supports them
2: yeah hey i was i was i was in the garage too i had an old beat up upright piano that i would be playing all the time and i had like i had electronic drums set up so i had the drum loops going and Mm -hmm. you know and i was just trying to perfect my jazz chops and uh and then finally decided, hey, I need to get a band together here. Yeah, and uh, and that's how so that's how it happened. It was in the garage, in the laboratory, as we say.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, <laughs> so given that background, how in the world did you end up investigating the paranormal?
2: Well, you know, it's funny because I have always loved the paranormal, and even as a kid, um, you know, my father would always tell me stories about you know, ghosts in Bucks County and and his own experiences, whether or not it was with ghosts or UFOs and things like that. So we live in, in, in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. We're about, I guess, about 50 miles or so northeast of Philadelphia. But we live in a really great historic area. Um, I mean, I live right down the road from where Washington crossed the Delaware. Man. Um, you know, and we've got a lot of really great places around here that that always have had a great story, but have always had a ghost story attached to them, right? And now, you asked how I got into this as a musician. We play a lot of wonderful concert halls and theaters all over the country, and you know, inevitably, I always get. Oh, and by the way, this place is haunted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said to myself one day, I said, you know, I'm going to see if I can lo- if I can meld my love of jazz and the paranormal and uh and come up with you know a show so i called it bucks county paranormal investigations and now we're morphing it now into it we've rebranded the name now it's it's eric mintel investigates right but it's still the same content still you know the same videos that we're doing and that was in 2016 that i started that and uh, i'll tell you it's just been blowing up in a huge way ever since um so many great stories to tell and We've met so many incredibly interesting people, uh, and just some of the stories, whether it's UFOs, Bigfoot, uh, Dogman, uh, you know, Beast of Bray Road, it's just amazing to me what's out there, and, uh, you know, and coming at this, you know, when I first came at this, I came at it in a skeptic kind of way. I was right, not so much with the Bigfoot or UFOs, because I was more of a believer in that, but I was... Kind of skeptically, trying to come up with well, what's really going on with these ghost, you know, encounters? Yeah. And the more and more though that we've been doing this, and the more and more that we've caught on video, I'm becoming more of a believer that there is definitely a thin veil between the here and there. Yeah. And and some of the stuff that I've seen and we've caught, it's uh, it's really really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's some footage on your YouTube channel that is pretty mind-blowing like some footage that the mainstream or like travel channel ghost shows mm-hmm. would kill for they would
2: absolutely kill for it you know oh yeah oh oh totally absolutely i totally agree <laughs> and thank you for saying that and I, I appreciate that yeah of course and i feel the same way i mean um, the other thing you know i try also with the way we're presenting our material I try to present it in, like, a family-friendly way. Right. Which, which now, you know, that's kind of, that's really important to me because, you know, we, we don't go into, you know, like, they're doing that on TV and they're doing, like, the demonic stuff and they're going, you know, with these spirits that are throwing things across the, the room. That very well may be true, but we don't go down that road, uh, at least not yet anyway. We haven't really gone into those situations, but. Yeah. Um. But we try to keep it family friendly. Kind of keep it a little humorous too. For sure. You know, we got to got to laugh at ourselves a little bit to you know to kind of keep it bal- balanced. Right. And and you know some of the some of the humor, but it's it's all serious investigation though. Um, you know when it, when it comes down to it, and some of the things that uh, we were in Georgia one time um, investigating uh, this haunted town, Fitzgerald, Georgia, which the town was awesome because it was in another part of the history piece was this town was the, one of the first places in the nation to heal the country after the Civil War. Oh, wow. So it was really cool. And one of the things I love about the videos, too, is the history um, and, and learning about the history of all these different areas that... And it always boggles my mind, and I'm sure you found this, too, that we have so many great things in our own backyard that people have no clue about the history of. Oh, yeah. And and, and that's what we're doing. We're telling those stories.
1: Yeah, I always say that, you know, people don't stop to read the plaques. Yeah, exactly. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that really just encapsulates the entire issue. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yep. I love that connection, though. Like, in those old music halls, you know, it's... Those places have such rich history, and you just... You walk in and, and into these structures, this... This old architecture and this mm-hmm. super elaborate woodwork everywhere. And it's almost a cliche at this point. Oh, that no, like, no doubt. That, oh, this old concert hall is is haunted. But when you walk into places like that, you can just feel the history just seeping out of the woodwork.
2: Absolutely. We just did. We just and I'm going to be releasing a new video, um, I think, hopefully by the end of next week or the week after. But we we were, Dominic and I were just up in, um, and for those who don't know, Dominic Sattel is our spirit medium in in our uh, videos. And he and I went up to uh, uh, Manchester, Connecticut to investigate and do a history uh, video on uh, the Cheney Hall, which is in Manchester, Connecticut. And (laughs) what happened to Dom that night is is unbelievable. And, And we caught it all on video. And so I can't wait for you guys to see that. It was just amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Like I've always had a deep interest or fascination, really, with mediumship and mm-hmm. and all that. Um, I that's why I was I was particularly interested in the effect on him while you guys were out there. So let's let's just kind of get into it. Um, you guys recently released a documentary on the Beast of Bray Road up in Wisconsin yeah. as a team who is primarily focused on ghost hunts before how was the transition into searching for something something more physical or investigating a more physical phenomenon?
2: Well I'll tell you what that was um, to me this was completely out of my wheelhouse as far as like investigating uh, you know I had heard of the Beast of Bray Road over the years and I just thought well you know maybe, maybe there is something to it. There's a lot of people that are, that are seeing this creature. They're seeing a lot of, um, there's been a lot of evidence, um, you know, similar to Bigfoot, right. you know, people have, are, you know, they see the evidence, they've the prints and things, but this was completely different where this is actually like an upright canine. And, uh, so with that being said, like I had said to you before, you know, we got out there and, uh, I should say how this whole thing came about. <laughs> Let me just go back up here. Yeah, let's hear it. So one of our fans and friends uh, is Ellen Collins, and she's a great, great fan of the of the of what we do and on our, all our videos. And um, she, she had said to me, you know, we should. And she lives in Wisconsin. She's in Sun Prairie, and uh, she had said to me, you know, we should do a documentary video on the Beast of Bray Road. And I said, you know, that would be phenomenal. Um, I would love to do that. And uh, I said, the only two things are this, logistics and money. How are we going to get out there? Right. You know, and um, she wound up, you know, taking care of the whole thing. She flew us out there. She, you know, paid for the editing. And so she's been a real godsend as far as, you know, getting this together. And this wouldn't have happened without her. Wow. And uh, so she, uh, so... I guess then that was uh, October 2nd. We flew out October 2nd. And on that particular weekend, it just so happens they had the first annual Beast of Bray Road conference. Oh, nice. Yeah, I haven't heard of that. Yeah. And uh, so that was really cool. So we uh, met up with a lot of people that were giving us some of their testimonies and, and, you know, eyewitness accounts. Mm Mm-hmm and uh, we met with Lee Hample, who has had the most activity on his farm. Now, some, you know, some shows like Travel Channel uh, have done you know, shows on his property, but they haven't gotten anything. They've gotten no evidence whatsoever. So we go out there, and Lee is, first of all, Lee and his brother uh, Fred are two of the nicest people that you'll ever meet, so great down-to-earth people. And uh, gave us full access to the farm, um, let us you know have some the four wheelers to go down and you know cruise around the uh, the property to check it out. Yeah. Um, Ellen's son Scott, uh, he did all the drone footage for us and everything. So uh, we get we get out there and during the day we kind of surveyed the area, um, and we heard uh, Lee's brother Fred talk to us about you know what. You know what he thinks is going on. He was a complete skeptic, um, but he had his own encounter and, and he thinks that there's definitely something there. Uh, and then Lee is he was a he's a retired math teacher. So he had no interest in the paranormal whatsoever until he had his own sightings. right? Um, which were, was frightening for him. So long story short, so we we during the day we get out there, and we're surveying the uh, area. You know, the first thing that happened, which was weird, was Scott was using this really, really high-end drone. And he has to wear um, uh, virtual reality glasses right. to to see where we're going. So when we got out to the field, he said we completely disappeared. We disappeared from view. And this has been a thing going on in that field. It's been ha- They've been having some kind of electronic disturbances there. He's been having um, some weird lights going on, orbs, all kinds of weird activity. Not just to mention the beast, but a lot of other stuff. Yeah. So that was that was the first thing that kind of like brought to our attention. Well, okay, and we kind of just I, I schluffed it off and kind of said, okay, well maybe it was just you know something going on with the drone. So we looked around the area and uh, and we had seen some footprint or f- f- some tracks when we uh, when we got there. And uh, I had taken some pictures, and the night before we had a we had a steak dinner uh, at this great steak place at, down down the street from from Lee's, and uh, so we asked the waiter, could we keep the steak bones? Yeah. So we kept we kept the steak bones, and we decided, look, and I had said to Lee uh, about a week or two earlier, I said, do you think we could bait the area? Could we bait that area? Because you have to ask the people that are you know the people that own the 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 property.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course.
2: At least it no problem. That'd be great. So we put the stake bones in in the area that he's had this activity um in this one, I guess it's the it was the northeast corner of his property. So that was during the day and then I'm going back thinking to myself, you know, was was baiting that area a good or bad idea?
1: <laughs> right? So like kind of second guessing whether you really want to run into it or not.
2: Exactly. And you know, it was just crazy. Um, so yeah, and you know, the night was the, the night was just unbelievable. I mean, we uh, and you people could see this in our video. It's called "The Beast of Bray Road Alive and Well." But when we got out to the to the investigation that night, we thought we'd have to scrub the investigation because it was raining. Yeah, it had been it had been raining. It looked like it was going to rain, but um, but as soon as we get out to the field the sky like over where we were supposed where we we're doing the investigation completely cleared up Wow and it was just a, a very clear you know time from it was around I guess about 830 that night and this is on October 3rd mm-hmm. and um, so again I'm going out there thinking, hey you know what I'm gonna hear we're gonna hear a great story from these people you know this is going to be great. we're here on the field you know, we're on the property we're on the site. You know, I'm thinking, still thinking that we're not going to see anything. Right. You know, and uh, th- that quickly changed. When we first got out to the field, Dominic looks up and goes, what the hell is that? Yeah. And he looks he looks above the field, and, you know, over the field was a, just a solid orb, which, you know, for all intents and purposes was a UFO. Yeah. And that was going over the field. And you could see other planes that were in the area you, that were definitely planes. This was just a solid orb. And we saw it go over, it was going real fast, and then it kind of just zoomed off and disappeared. And it was gone.
1: Yeah, that was probably my favorite shot in the entire documentary because you can see, in one shot, you can see this solid light right alongside an actual real-time example of what an airplane looks like in the sky. It's all in one shot. Exactly. It's really a perfect comparison because it's very clearly like this is not that
2: yeah you know it's it's clear it, it couldn't be clearer yeah again and i was so glad that scott was able to get that on video because sometimes you know how it is oh yeah you know when it's dark when it's dark like that you can't really but this thing was so bright that's why it it picked up so well on on video
1: yeah it pulled focus perfectly
2: it did it was it was incredible and so we were really lucky um and then it then it disappeared yeah. Totally disappeared. So that was that was the first thing. De- then right after that is when we first heard the howl off in the distance. There was one that was very well off in the distance. So where we were standing in the bait area, it was across the field. I would say probably maybe two hundred yards away. That's when we kind of heard that in that general area. And then the second howl was a little louder. Yeah. And Dominic's like. And Ellen was just like, you know, we were kind of like frozen for a second because I looked at Dom like, are you kidding me? Right. Like, is this real? Oh, yeah, exactly. I thought, you know, what the hell? And then the third, that third howl, it literally sounded like a man screaming in the field. It was, it was Ugh. just that guttural. And I had gotten an eyewitness testimony uh, prior to the, you know, actually was after this. Um that he came to me maybe about a week or so after we got back um, and he had told me that his, him and his buddy he was a state worker so he really couldn't you know give his name but when he got out of his truck to go you know at this location he heard the same thing we did wow it was this this guttural kind of like scream like a, a scream and a yell and a, yeah. and a growl someone from that same area coming from no this was from some another on the other side of Bray Road uh, gotcha near the quarry area. Okay. So that's that's going to play into the the quarry is going to play into this too in our follow up because I have a feeling something is coming from the quarry and we're going to definitely go over there and investigate that area as well. But um, so we hear that howl and we're like oh my god and I was like at that point, you know, people are like well, why didn't you stay out there? well we didn't we had nothing but a flashlight and a radio that was it yeah and you know we were definitely not protected we didn't even have bear spray not not that that would have worked anyway but right um so yeah so that really changed my whole perspective that night when i heard that i was like wow this there is something definitely here lee has definitely got a monster on his property and uh So the uh, And then all of a sudden, after that, you could see it somewhat on the video, but when we were actually there, it was really more prevalent when we were there, was this mist that started coming up. Yeah. And this has been... And I didn't know this um, until after we had the investigation, but apparently this mist has been... uh, And I know Lee's had a, a lot of pictures of this weird mist, but mist is also accompanied by Bigfoot sightings as well. Oh yeah. So this was this was an anomaly that we were like, you know, and it was kind of like a weird thing and I called it electronic fog because it was cu- it was making our um, our wireless mics cut in and out. Interesting. And the other and the other thing Scott couldn't um when he had a GoPro set up at the bait area, he couldn't get it to connect. Hmm. So it had all kinds of like really strange things going on. That nothing thank God the video camera itself, because that was battery operated, so we were okay there. Yeah. We didn't have to use Wi-Fi or anything like that. But that particular um, uh, camera at least picked up everything that we needed to pick up. Um, so Oh yeah.
1: There are yeah. decades and decades of of reports of cryptid encounters and UFO sightings that are accompanied by, you know, mist and fog with with you know various strange attributes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just—it's like a common thread in in so many of these accounts.
2: Absolutely. That,
1: you know, when you're reading like the hundredth account that you've read that month, you're kind of just waiting for someone to mention yeah. this <laughs> fog that's an odd color or odd smell or causes electrical disturbances. So, was that the primary thing that stood out to you about the fog? It was the interference with the electronics.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was the the main thing, and I think that was the the situation that's been going on there, because Lee has been getting intermittent pictures, he's been getting, um, you know, he's got a picture, which was amazing, that he showed me, he's got a picture of the mist, that you could clearly see the mist, and he's in the picture, Lee's in the picture, like, he's baiting the area, but the, the mist has covered him, And it looks like it's covered his whole body, and then the next picture, it's gone. Whoa. But there's another picture that's really incredible, where he literally has a picture of the roadkill deer in that area. You could see this weird black mist comes over the deer in one picture. The next picture, the mist is gone and so is the deer. Oh, okay. So it's really, really strange, you know... Um, he, and he also told me in December, it has been since December, it's been off the charts with activity down there. So, uh, he took the little clip of the howl that we heard to his neighbor and his neighbor said, oh yeah, that's been here for the last, you know, few weeks. And this was like a couple of weeks after we were there. So this apparently must've started up again, you know, about a month or so before we got there. Yeah. And um, so that was just, that was one of the most unnerving nights. So we went back, we went back, and I told Lee, you know, we took the four-wheelers back to Lee's barn, told him what was going on. Uh, The next morning, he met up with us for breakfast at the local diner in town. And and later that day, after we were on our way back to Bucks County, flying back, he sent me a text saying that uh, none of the trail cams got any pictures that night it was like something turned off the trail cam
1: see like I was going to mention that earlier when you were talking about the interference with the fog and the mist um, because I know he had mentioned earlier that he had had sort of hit and miss results with trail cams right? right? like sometimes it would work properly and it would pick up the animals but then there are other times when he knows there's animal activity in the
2: area but nothing shows up on the trail cam right? exactly
1: Does he associate that directly with the mist itself?
2: I think so. Um, I think that's one of the things... um, You know, he just sent me another picture, too, that was like... uh, It looks like something was running past the trail cam, because you could just see a blur. Wow. Um, And I have a feeling... And the next picture was a coyote, so I think it was a coyote. Yeah. Um, But the howl and things that we heard was definitely... It was definitely not a coyote. It was definitely not a wolf. It was definitely not like a fox or a screech owl, nothing no. like that. Um, and it was, it was, it just seemed to go on. It was just long, and that was, that was the most thing. And I've been listening to different things, like what it could be. Yeah. Um, I was even, out, I was walking our dog in the front yard the other day, and I heard the neighbor's dog kind of yelping, and I said to myself, "Now that's not even what it sounded like."
1: No, it sounded. Enormous and like otherworldly I can't imagine how scary That would have been in the moment
2: Yeah, it was just very, very strange Still trying to wrap our heads around it So we're coming back We're coming back for a follow-up um, On April 28th So April 28th through May 1st And we're going to be back to Lee's property We're also, uh, the main thing is If people are listening to this and they're in Wisconsin They want to come out to see us um, We're doing a town hall meeting On Thursday, April 21st or 28th um, at uh, the uh, Matheson Memorial Library in Elkhorn Where we're going to get everybody's testimony We want to hear people's stories yeah. About what they've seen, what they've, what they've heard And we're compiling this on video as well So we're going to be videotaping that um, We've got a couple of speakers that night uh, We're going to be showing the video um, And uh, the Saturday, the 30th We're going to be speaking at the second annual uh, Beast of Bray Road Convention Uh, or conference, which is going to be really cool. And that's put together through Donna Fink. Um, And that's going to be a lot of fun. She's got Steve Ward speaking. Um, She's got my team, uh, Zelia Edgar. She's a great author. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of um, uh, Beast of Bray Road researchers and uh, cryptid uh, researchers. So this is, you know, for us, this was just an amazing opportunity. And, I mean, a story that is really ongoing. I mean, this research is going to be ongoing. Yeah. Um, and then on may on May 1st Sunday May 1st uh, we're doing the follow-up investigation that night on Lee's property
1: so and that's when you're planning on checking out the quarry
2: yeah I think like that that whole time that we're there I think Saturday during the day I think we're gonna do some reconnaissance and try to check out the quarry over there just survey more of those areas that we didn't get to the last time now that we know that we're you know there's a lot more area there yeah um, when Scott put the uh, he put the the drone up over Bray Road. We could not believe what we were seeing. We saw and the corn was still up at that time. Yeah. So we were seeing huge cutouts in the corn of trails leading over to Lee's property. Interesting. And then they were leading back over they were leading back over to the quarry. Huh. I mean, these were not these were not deer trails or anything that a deer these were big. I mean it was like a it looked like you could have a car going through there, but it wasn't a car. Wow, yeah. Um, but it was it was amazing what we were looking at. And and it was all like, you know, going over the water source. It was going to the food source. So it's amazing. So that's what I think, you know, we're going to be doing. Um, okay, we've got a couple of new uh, tricks up our sleeve for this uh, investigation, which people will be blown away by. Um, Ellen has been doing a lot of research on the Tipitum. Which is the reflective quality of the creature's eyes? Yeah. Because a lot of people are seeing this as uh, these red glowing eyes that are just constant. And what kind of energy is a creature able to, you know, to generate that? Yeah. So this is this is amazing. And that was Lee's encounter too. Lee saw these these red eyes, and they were just constant. And he saw it leap in the air like fifty feet, and he didn't know if it landed or not, but that was another thing. I'm thinking to myself, does this thing fly? Right. You know, it's like, are we are we are you dealing with some other kind of creature here beside... You know, the one thing you had mentioned about the Bigfoot and UFO and the mist, right? Yeah. There, I have always believed that there is some kind of connection with bigfoot and the ufo phenomena. yeah one of the bigfoot one of the bigfoot researchers i thought that we know his name is art mac he had a brilliant brilliant uh thought about this you know like you have a lot of people that claim to be abducted yeah by extraterrestrials ufo abductions you know he was saying that why couldn't bigfoot or cryptids be abducted where they're being tested on as well and when you do see the Bigfoot and UFO, it's like they're dropping them off.
1: Yeah, you interesting. Know, that could
2: be one way of looking at it. I thought that was kind of brilliant, and nobody really ever talked about that before. Um, you know, Lee has a picture too that it looks like in in the sky. It looks like these these orbs, but inside the orb, it looks like the creature is like has its arms out to the side, and it just looks like it's in this in this sphere. Interesting. And what I, what I was thinking that night, you know, after we saw the UFO, I'm thinking to myself, could that have, like, maybe deposited this thing? Right. You know, could could it have been coming from the air? I don't know. I mean, th- these are all kinds of different thoughts that you have. Yeah. And and that's why we're, like, trying to figure out, you know, we're trying to still wrap our heads around what the heck it was. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, this time around, though, we're going to be a lot more prepared, better prepared this time.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens when you go back, for sure.
2: Yeah. Especially since, you
1: know, like you said, you weren't really expecting anything other than a good story, you know?
2: hmm And now, exactly.
1: now you have better, a little better understanding of what to expect. So I expect it to be even better.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, the people that are actually seeing this thing, I mean, they're really seeing something there. Absolutely. You know, um, I think Josh Gates did a... a, a, a Video on it or a documentary in, in a special on it, and just said it was wolves. Yeah, but that he didn't—he he wasn't even on Lee's property. He didn't even, you know, talk to you know half the people that he wasn't even in the area that that the, all the activity is. So yeah, that was just to me that was like a cop out to say that's what it was and that's so you know and, the, and these people are generally are genuinely uh, concerned about it. Yeah, no, you, you can know? tell. I mean, and so you know. So far, I mean, it hasn't really caused any harm. But uh, you know, I will say this though. And Ellen had a she was had a dream about this, and it was weird because Lee had a similar dream. She said when we were in the field that night, and she when we when we heard the second howl, I guess it was, you could kind of see her like looking off in the distance. And that's why Dominic goes, "Are you hearing this?" Yeah, and he was kind of snapping snapping her out of it. But in her, she had a dream that she was in like a trance, and when she was in that trance, she said the creature came up, the beast of prey road came up, mm-hmm. put a put his uh paw, put his uh claw in her uh, palm, and basically showed her why they're here. Okay, and and to, and told her why they're there, and she said it's said to basically procreate the species, and so and the and it's weird because Lee has been having similar dreams to what he encountered, um, and, and how, why they are there. So I'm wondering if there's any kind of connection there, because you remember, do you remember the Betty and Barney Hill UFO abduction? Oh yeah, of course. You know, Barney and Betty started having similar dreams, Mm -hmm. you know, similar nightmares. So it's, it's just, there's a correlation there somehow, and that's something we're going to look into as well you know it could it could just be a dream you know it could just be that yeah you know but for sure
1: okay so there seems to be evidence of some kind of connection on a spiritual level with this creature and there's all this accompanying phenomenon like the spook lights and the mist in your opinion does that denote some kind of otherworldly origin for this creature you know something other than just
2: an unclassified species Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely feel that as well. I feel like, um, I feel, you know, we've heard, we've all heard the portals, right? We've all heard of portals. Yeah. And Lee is convinced that there is a portal on that property and that's, and that where we were that night, I believe we were in a portal. I think we were in some kind of a situation where, uh, you know, it was that, where we had that electronic stuff going on. Um, and the weird part is, when we finished up the investigation and we went back to the hotel, it poured like crazy. It was raining like crazy. Yeah. And then the weird, the weird thing, the whole power in Elkhorn went out that night.
1: Wow, that's interesting.
2: And I did, I didn't put that in the video, and I don't know why I didn't. I wish I would have done that. But mm-hmm. I took some video of, of Dominic and I in the hotel the next morning because the the lights they were still flickering all over the place. So. It was weird. And I said to Dominic, you know, I brought back a stick from Lee's property. I wonder if he's like, you brought it back with you, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, ah, I don't hope not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm just really excited to see what happens next. Honestly. I mean, I love what you guys do. So, you know, please keep it up. Oh, definitely. Um, But before we go, could you just let the listeners know... Where to find you? What to look out for? What you're excited about? That's coming up.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I want I want to thank you too for having us on and uh, and I love what you guys do too. You're telling some great stories and having great guests on, and you're keeping an open dialogue of, of all these wonderful stories. And you know, the bottom line is we're still trying to put our you know wrap our heads around it yeah. and and yeah. Uh, and try to find some answers. Um, and by keeping these discussions and these interviews going. Uh, you know, maybe we give some other ideas to some other people as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, It all helps us out. But they could find us on um, uh, Facebook right now, um, Eric Mintel Investigates on Facebook. Um, It it was Bucks County Paranormal Investigations, but it's now Eric Mintel Investigates. And then we have a YouTube channel, same thing, Eric Mintel Investigates. And uh, you can find us on Instagram, uh, same name. Uh, And... uh, they could find us there. And then if you guys have um, Amazon Fire TV or Roku or Apple TV, Android TV, um, Saturday nights at 11 o'clock, we are um, on on all those streaming services, uh, but through Princeton Television. So if you add Princeton Television to your device, you'll be able to see us every Saturday night. And they're playing all of our videos. They're playing a lot of um, you know our newer stuff, old stuff. And uh so it's it's been phenomenal and that's been going on uh since twenty seventeen. We've been on Yeah, that's awesome the air. And then we've got a couple of other T V stations and uh and some other big news I don't want to share just yet. Yeah. But uh but we've got a lot of events coming up that we're gonna be doing and um and like I said, we're gonna be dropping a new video um probably at the end of next week. Okay. And uh, so yeah we, I got a busy couple of weeks coming up we're, next week we're on tour with my jazz quartet from the 20th through the 25th um, down to, down south North Carolina Georgia and, uh, and South Carolina and then um, home for a couple of days and then we hop on a plane and go out to Elkhorn <laughs> and, uh, so, and then when we come back from Elkhorn um, I've got my work cut out for me you know editing because I do all the editing and, right. and I love it it's, uh, editing to me is like uh, writing a piece of music Yes. You know, it's like you're telling that story and it's a lot of tension and release and mm-hmm. a lot of really cool stuff. And All right. So, yeah. Busy man. Yeah, we're looking forward to it, though. I will definitely keep you posted for sure.
1: Yeah, please do. We
2: definitely have to do it. we We definitely have to do a recap.
1: Yes, definitely. After you guys release or when you're coming up to the release date for the new piece or really anytime you guys have anything big that you want to push or you want to get out there, just let me know and
2: I'll have you back on absolutely you got it man that'd, that'd be great that'd be awesome excellent and thank you so much yeah thank you.
1: thank you thank you thank you from the bottom of our weird possibly alien maybe ghostly probably cryptid hearts for listening we absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week and it's your
0: continued attention that allows us to carry on And if you want more, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. It's there you will find bonus content behind the scenes. We're just keeping up on our day to day and maybe some swag along the way. It is our way to show thanks for your support and do everything we can to provide you with as much content as possible. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling with that said we want to get to know each and every one of you so please come and check us out on all the socials at campfire.tales.podcast on instagram and facebook at campfire t-o-t-s-a-u on twitter and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com if you love the show please rate and review it It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of The Strange and Unsettling. And lastly, we do have our merch store. You can find the link available on all of our social media or via our link tree. Show your support. Buy a shirt. Buy a sticker. Buy a blanket. Buy a pillow. Anything that you want to rep Campfire Tales of The Strange and Unsettling. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers... Stay weird and trust in the unknown.